0: This is Annabelle Goberti and you are listening to Lawfully Creative, my podcast to talk with professionals in the creative industries to hear their stories, what inspires their creation, what decisions changed their careers, what relationships influenced their work. Today's episode is brought to you by Crafovi, our London and Paris-based law firm focused on advising the creative industries. Subscribe to our podcast Lawfully Creative or catch up with our original shows on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, CastBox, TuneIn, Breaker, Radio Public, Anchor, Pocket Casts, The ABA Journal, Player FM, iHeartRadio and other Please do leave a review and rating about our podcast to encourage others to discover our curated content. On the 26th of November 2018, I drove from Hay-on-Wye, which is a village quite far away from everything in Wales, and I went to the Welsh Lavender's Farm who is owned by Nancy Durham and her husband in an even more remote place in Wales. And that was just after the um, Hay Winter Festival, which I had been attending for the whole weekend. I I went to um, Nancy's um, as I met her during prior sessions of the Hay on White Festival, I think around two years ago. Nancy uh, and the team manufacture, distribute and um, sell some uh, really really high quality balms and creams and lip, lip creams and uh, other beauty products which are mainly uh, made out of lavender and they are delightful. I use them all the time and everywhere I am in the world. So the quality of these products being uh, so high and Nancy being such an interesting, uplifting and um, creative person, I went to a farm um, in, as I was saying, in a very remote location. I mean, at least for me, uh, who lives mainly in London and Paris, um, in Wales. And so... We registered this podcast to talk about her trajectory from uh, um, uh, Canada, where she was born, to uh, the UK and reinventing herself, so to speak, as a a beauty entrepreneur after a um, successful career as as a journalist and broadcaster. So here is my Interaction and uh, conversation with uh, Nancy Durham from Welsh Lavender.
1: Hello, welcome to my farm. You are in the middle of Wales, up high on a hill at eleven hundred feet. Anyway, I was babbling too much. So no, no, no,
0: no, no, it's okay. start. So, 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 you were saying um, um, we we just had a problem with the, uh, with start the podcast, over. and uh, yeah. and um, and so I'm I'm going to backtrack here. So, yes. Don't worry. Just start. Start again we'll um, in some other way, and we'll... So you were telling me that um, as the um, the the founder of the of Welsh Lavender Limited and the farmers brand, um, you came here uh, with your husband Bill in um, um, eighty four. well, my husband bought
1: our farmhouse that we're sitting in in nineteen seventy four. Yes, when it was derelict, it hadn't been lived in for decades. Okay, and there was no stairs going up there. Roof was missing. Uh, and uh, it was still being used as a place for cows to be born and wow. sheep were wa- wandering around. So it was completely open. And um, he started fixing it up in 1974. and Lucky for me, I didn't meet him until 1981. So, oh, yeah. I, yeah, so by the time I came to visit, it was quite good. It was running water. You couldn't drink it. There was no electricity. And all the heat came from the fireplace. It was incredibly romantic. There was a lot of can- sure. candle wax everywhere because that was the means of light at night. Wow. it's really beautiful. Okay. I was instant- instantly
0: seduced by this yes, I place. Can, I can understand that. This is, it's a there's a lot of uh, peace and quiet in here. So, um, sorry. Um, so you were saying that you were born in Toronto, but at two or three years old, you relocated with your family, obviously, at, at close to Lake Ontario, in a small town called Oak. Oakville. Oakville. Yeah. okay, Which was. Oakville. Oakville. Sorry. Yes, which was okay. quite close to um to the countryside in itself. Well,
1: it was this very small town on Lake Ontario, very pretty, very wealthy, and our house was on right on the edge of town. So we were in a we were in a beautiful neighborhood with streets and we had bicycles to ride around on, but just behind the houses were fields and fields where we could run and play and sneak away and get up to trouble and adventure and things. So, I mean, it was a very sort of on the edge of a It was very sort of country existence. Exactly. But so. not for long, because everything else since then has been oriented towards cities and towns, except for now, here in Wales. Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. So, so, in a way, coming here, it reminded you a bit of your early childhood memories. And-
1: no, I, you know what, I I feel, I feel that, that I was misleading. No, this place reminded me of nothing. Really? I just when I came here to visit for the first time, August 1981, I was just stunned by the, the beauty, the views... Mm-hmm. Purity of the okay. cut. Co- well, the color, the cut co- the green, the patchwork fields. I mean, here we are, high on a ridge, looking down the valley and across to another ridge, uh-huh. and in the distance, rolling hills. It's it's magical. I don't think there is a prettier place yeah. in the world. Yeah. Okay, the weather is a problem. There's all kinds of things like
0: that. But I am in love with this um, this location. I, I can understand that. Um, then you told me you went to university, and um, sorry, that's uh, that's where you you uh, in 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 Canada. Uh, I, I, I did. Yes.
1: I studied. I studied at. Um, I've got two degrees: an undergraduate degree and a master's degree from York University, York where which was, is on the edge of Toronto. Okay. In a very pretty, ugly suburban end of the city, but a great university, mm-hmm. great big campus, and I had uh, wonderful years there.
0: So, um, are you um, are you familiar with French language or Quebecois, or is that mm-hmm. not something? Yeah, like I, that? my
1: parents, to their credit, sent me to French lessons when I was a very little girl, and I learned how to say, you know, comment oh. ça va, ça va bien, quel âge avez-vous, quel nom avez-vous, je je m'assied, but I didn't learn how to converse about anything, and it was because it was just on its own, it wasn't immersion, so my French is embarrassingly poor. Oh, I was
0: my very ste-
1: kind of them. It me. was good, and it was great that to they did so it, but it, but it was be- before the day that we all learned, if you want to learn, learn a language, be immersed in it. My stepdaughters oh, yeah. were immersed in it, and as a result... Um, they would deny it, but they can speak pretty good French. So I'm, I'm I, I don't am know, I'm not a linguist, but I am studying Welsh. Oh, you are? I'm working on
0: that. That's ah, a very typical language. I mean, when you think that police is called ledlu in Welsh, there is absolutely no resemblance. Heavily, Okay, sorry. <laughs> <No>, it's okay. <laughs> uh, there's no resemblance. I was seeing this on the policewoman yesterday when I was at the yeah. high Festival. There's nothing uh, that can, you know, uh, uh, remind you of vaguely even of the word police in uh, in. <laughs>
1: it's no it's it's true it's true I, I can tell you um Hoffy dusky shared comera which means i like studying speaking Welsh do you I do but it's it's very difficult but it yeah really the difficulty is the words are so extraordinary but apart from that they're they're all in a row you know um shopa means i'm sh- I'm shopping I'm going shopping okay. i shop okay. there aren't all lots of different ways of saying it the way they're or in English and French. Okay. So, anyway.
0: Yeah. But there's no Latin root at all in there. So, I, I would be totally... I am totally lost in that pont, They
1: have pont... Pont is bridge, as in French. Ah. P-O-N-T. Ah. Right, you say
0: pont. Ah. Do you? Okay. Oh, right, wow, yeah. 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 Which in Italian would be ponte. Yeah. Ponte. So, enough, there, are, there
1: are some connections, and you see the sign around here, pont vine, which mm-hmm. is weak
0: bridge. Mm-hmm. That's good to know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you mentioned that you moved in the UK in, in, uh, to the UK, sorry, in 1984. 84. That's right. Yes. Uh, was that because your husband had uh, relocated here? Is He's Canadian
1: well, as well. Bill is Canadian. He, I met him in 1981 and we started, I was in Toronto. He was teaching at Oxford. He's a philosopher. Okay. And so uh, Oxford's not portable, but journalism is. Mm-hmm, so we, yeah. we recorded back and forth. And finally in 1984, I moved over to be with him and to see if I could make it as a journalist here. So we, 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 I moved in with him in Oxford, we got married a few years later, we're still married, and all these years, decades have gone by, Wow! God I don't gracious. know how that happened.
0: And the stepdaughters that you mentioned, yes. what,
1: what, 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 was this his? Uh, They're his da- daughters, my stepdaughters now, and so they were raised in Canada by their mother, but we had summer holidays with them and some Christmas holidays with them, Okay. and so they were always like on the scene, coming and going. Okay, and, yeah. I understand but they were born in Oxford and raised here before uh-huh. they were taken there so
0: <laughs> yeah. okay um, so thank you for reminding me that you were a journalist I actually this is quite prominent on your on your wiki uh, PDF profile were you into uh, uh, covering some sort of war zones and stuff you, I have the impression you were really much on the field
1: I was in love being in the field uh, first as a radio reporter okay I covered the breakup of uh, no, well the USSR in a way. I was in Czechoslovakia a lot. I was there for the uprising and the fall of the communists. It was the most exciting assignment of a lifetime in 1989 and into 90. Mm-hmm. But I was there for the years before, too, coming and going and getting to know that place when it was still quite tightly controlled. And and then I, I covered in radio all around uh, East Germany and Romania and uh, all around Central Europe, Europe, a bit of Russia. Ex- ex- yeah, yes, countries. yes. Why? Why? Uh, well I go Pretty in another direction. Uh, Bill Bill my husband the philosopher. He was involved in trying to um got to back up a little bit. The educate the academics in uh under the communists in Prague in Czechoslovakia all across the country really mm-hmm. suffered. A lot of them were thrown out of the universities and they got jobs instead building the new underground or stoking fires oh, in and the basements. In China and the, oh, and, well, and, maybe a little and, parallel the USSR as well. So they uh were deprived of their you know their academic intellectual life Terrible. Uh, formally, yeah, so Bill uh, was one of the first of a group of people from Oxford who went to give lectures unofficially in philosopher 's flats, so you 'd meet on Saturday night you 'd give your philosophy of science paper or whatever it was, and these dozen people would have the advantage of talking to somebody who wasn't from their city who was doing maybe a different kind of philosophy, but to have a good, stimulating discussion.
0: That's very dangerous, though.
1: Well, Bill was... At, uh, the, the flat where he was giving his lecture was raided, and in 1980, he was tossed out of the country, and he, so he couldn't get yeah. back yeah. in again. He oh was expelled, God. which was a great thing for the Czechs to do because it shone a light on the problem, and out of that grew a whole underground university. Not just him, but he was one of the key players who made this happen just by accident, almost. So... Bill had all kinds of fantastic contacts that he couldn't use, so I used them. So okay. I, went, I started going to Czechoslovakia because it was a place I knew about through him. And that just began a love for working in difficult places. Yeah,
0: for sure. and,
1: and then to fast forward, um, I became one of the first video journalists, one-man band, going around covering stories in the world for television, by myself with a small I mean, you, camera. Really? Little cam- little video cam. First it was a high eight camera, then it was a digital video camera. Uh-huh. and What were you using? I was, oh, God. Well, it was a Sony something or other number. Okay. I may have used several. Okay. But in the end, I mean, they were really, they were still quite big, but yeah. small. Not But nothing like these tiny things they have today. And w- that was my ticket to cover the world. And one of the, you know, the big story of the... Um, 90s was the breakup of Yugoslavia. Yeah. Okay. So I covered it from almost every corner.
0: Well, that that led to the conflict between the Serbs and the Croats, no? The, uh, breakup well,
1: there of were, yeah, they, and it was already breaking up. Oh, okay. I, I covered, I was in Serbia, I was in um, oh, you were Bosnia, I was time in time. Croatia. Yeah, covering, covering them. The kinds of stories I did were newsy but what you'd call current affairs. So I wasn't doing like, the news of the day but the longer take afterwards to show what happened to the family of Subašić family, who might be take, sent from their uh, Serbia to go and live in another part of the of the Balkans that was being so called ethnically cleansed. Ooh. So I covered the... Were they famous, the Subašićs? No, she. I just picked a name. She's a great girlfriend of mine. Okay. But it was like the someone? Serb. It was a Serb name that came into my head. Uh-huh, uh-huh. um, okay. So you know, Serbs were well. Serbs were sending uh, Croats out of Serbian territory and. Croats were sending Serbs out of Croatian territory, and you just had this great big jumble of people, very cruel, very ugly. Mm-hmm. I traveled in a hay wagon with some women who were expelled from Croatia. They happened to be Serbs. They are being sent to Serbia, where they'd never been. they They might have been Serbs, but they didn't see themselves living in Serbia. So they left everything behind, their homes. They had to. Their wedding albums, their dog, their pets, their neighbours, and went to go to live someplace else. I travelled with them and witnessed that and kept in touch with them and saw what happened to them next. So it was an extraordinary time for reporting and meeting people and following up with them.
0: It's very... You remind me of this uh, American, I think she was an American um, journalist who covered the Second World War and then she got married to this English chap and they decided to live in the countryside uh, and um, there was a very, uh, sadly her name, is elapsing me at the moment, but there was an extremely interesting retrospective of her pictures at the um, War Museum in the South on the South. She back. was a photographer. Yeah, American. Um, uh, I think she was American-born, and um, yeah, you remind me of, of her a little bit because then she decided to settle in the countryside. but I don't think she felt very very well because I think she had uh, some bouts of depression as well, especially when a, a child was born. Um, and um, then it, the, the work that she did as a, as a journalist was fantastic. Hopefully I will uh, later on remember her and name. Because she was a it. very famous yeah. female well, photographer. I, I, I think that just
1: since you're interested in this, I, I feel very lucky because doing the video journalism thing on my own allowed me to report a little bit differently to the television reporter who went out with the crew with yeah. the, and did like wonderfully crafted pieces for television. Mine are rather rough at the edges, uh-huh. but I did get that chance to go, I always, we called it under the radar, because I was out there very inexpensive for the CBC, Canadian Broadcasting Corporation, uh-huh. to send me out there. Editors didn't really worry where, when, when, was, when was I filing the story. I didn't have to file that day or the next day. So typically I would mm-hmm. go out for a week, say, to Kosovo, Albania, gather lots of material and bring it back to London for editing. And so that was a, a privilege and a, a luxury because mm-hmm. you could actually s- meet people and spend time with them nice. and not always be just filming, 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 interviewing. Yeah. It was a very exciting. So in that sense, I think I got to work like some of those great reporters who went around with their notepad or their camera on their own mm-hmm. and um, got great stories. I'm not comparing myself to, myself to them, but it was a, a very free way of working.
0: Yeah. Is that was that your main client the CBC or were you were you safe applied or were you
1: most, most of my work was for the CBC but I also worked for the BBC I got stories onto um, Channel Four News okay. which was very exciting wonderful place people to contribute to
0: did you have to change your accent when you were working for the BBC
1: no but the BB, the BBC I think it was it was too bad about my accent because it was very limiting.
0: I mean, love no, it was a problem. No, it was a problem.
1: It was a problem for mine. them. Yeah, it was a problem for them. Was it? Yes. It, well, there no, no it was. And in fact, the 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 place I could work most easily was Woman's Hour, but only when usually when I was abroad they didn't mind having my accent. They preferred it when I was sort of sending them something from Sarajevo. Somehow, you're out there in the international world. I think. I mean, eventually I got, I was a real part of their team, and I did get to do some very exciting British stories, uh, I would be asked. But the accent was a problem. I couldn't, I tried to get a job in news when Radio 5 was launched, and I was told, I got to the end, I think I was the last one, on the the one that they thought they would have, but they couldn't because of my Canadian accent.
0: Wow. Wow. And I also saw mm. that, um, I mean, this is on your Wikipedia profile, so perhaps it's uh, you, you, you need to uh, uh, update it, update <laughs> it or check that, tell us whether it's true, but you also worked for Monocle, uh, the oh. Tyler Burris brand as well. Yeah. So. As a, well, Tyler launched a, um, his
1: 24-hour radio, um, internet radio station, Monocle, Monocle 20. 24, and I, I, he asked me to help teach his print reporters from the magazine how to do radio. So I did that. Well, like some time ago then? Yeah, when the mag, when, when the radio was launched, help, was it eight years ago, seven years ago, something it's, like it's that? Such an eight, kind so of I, I went in and did that and I had a ball and Todd I said, well, why don't you present some programs? So I presented lots of programs fairly regularly. Right. And um, I haven't the last couple of years, I'm still on the masthead. And I'm very thrilled to be, and I just what have does to you mean the masthead? The masthead is that, and then you open the oh, magazine, yes. and it, says, it tells all about who's Sorry. in the magazine. No, no, and then it tells Radio uh, Monocle Twenty Four presenters. There's Nancy Durham. It still says that, so I have to go in and earn that and present a program one of these days.
0: Do you have to physically be very? Marylebone yeah. High. Uh, I mean, in the Midori House. You go. I go there. You have to be there. But physically. I know. But I had
1: this idea. Maybe I should have a studio in Wales, and I could just yeah. be here.
0: Hello. Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah. but even for them, for them but for, for some other anybody yeah because now it's so cheap you know to uh, to to broadcast I think that uh, with the technologies we have today so I think that sounds like a great idea um, Tyler did you hear that you know? <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, and so is it for your connection with Tyler that um, because he also has a um, a, a branding agency or like a consultancy mm-hmm. agency which does in, among other things branding yeah is it through this connection that this uh, project of creating your cosmetics and uh, uh, perfume brand um, farmers uh, managed by the company uh, Welsh limited uh, uh, created a, a or or how did you transit really from being a full-time um, in the field journalist to farmer a, a farmer and entrep- entrepreneur
1: well okay absolutely accidentally oh. initially nothing to do with Tyler um, okay. I it was a real. It's a complete, this is a business story that is an accident, and in many ways, still is. In 2003, I mentioned to a farmer neighbor that I wanted to plant some lavender, and that was because Bill and I had lived in an Oxford manor house owned by the university, and it had a lavender hedge. I thought, wouldn't that be lovely to replicate here?
0: Wow! So
1: the farmer was really interested in this and asked me a lot of questions about lavender. I couldn't answer them because
0: I was not even a gardener at that point. So um, I'm so sorry, yes. but was that, was that where, was the farmer located in Oxford or was, it, was he from here?
1: Here, right here. We were sitting here, okay. just out this window. And you had started to plant some lavender? No, 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 no. We were just lunch? having a drink. Okay. And having a, and I said, I want to, you know, you over a drink. I want okay. to do this. I want to do that. Well, I, so Baden was the farmer neighbor. He lives a couple of hills that direction. Okay. Um, and he came back a couple of weeks later and said, I bet. If you applied to the government uh, through its Glassy programme, Glassy is uh, Welsh for "too green," they were trying to get farmers to diversify. Uh-huh. He said, "I bet you'll get a grant because the story is farmers aren't applying for the money." Is that a Welsh grant or a EU grant? Both, EU. Thank you very much, and Wales together very much. It would not have happened without the EU. And so I thought it was a crazy idea. First I was a journalist working full time. I'm not a gardener. I don't know anything about lavender. But mm-hmm. who doesn't love a challenge? And it's sure. it was very different to my, this daily world I was, you know, reporting in. Yeah. So I did research and discovered that lavender could grow here. There were some very hardy varieties. Yeah. And that, you know, we had the land I applied for and got 1,000 pounds, which almost covered the cost of planting a very Tiny field, the one I showed you up behind the house. One grand was that like, enough. Was almost. Okay. So it wasn't. Okay. It wasn't like a money-making proposition. Okay. It was it, just. It, it,
0: it, it was a little help. A little bit of help. Yeah,
1: uh, yeah. But but without that help, I don't think I would have. I wouldn't have done it. I mean, I could have spent a thousand pounds on planting lavender, but so this was really answering the call of the government. What 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 else could grow here? Yes. So I thought, let's show, and it did. And we did nothing with it, except for in the summer, admire it, cut it, hang it to dry. There's a bunch over there. Yeah, and, yeah. I can see and then we sold it in uh, local markets, just for fun. You're never going to make any money selling uh-huh. dried bunches of lavender. Years went by, and someone came and said, look, why don't you do something with this? It's oh, crazy. Was a friend of you, g- g- I didn't idea. even know the person wasn't a friend yet. She was a stranger. And she oh, came right. and she said, look, she put me in touch with her sister, Helen Lowe, in North Wales. And Helen designs body care products, so we experimented with lavender distillation. I'll take you to the still and show you in a minute. And uh, we made a, a line of body care products based on a very small amount of lavender oil that we produced. And Helen designed these creams for women. And I will, I, I, I won't go on and on and on. But these creams were not successful. They were gorgeous,
0: uh-huh. but
1: there was a. They were branded. I had a. a they did. The brand did not really tell what they were okay and I was starting to learn as people weren't buying them very much that I've got a problem I and I in terms you, of the, packaging, the oh, packaging that's a total problem we've got now we've invested in a still we're making oil we're making products but we're mm-hmm. not making sales mm-hmm. I mean you know it, it's like it's, it's scary when you realize you've got this thing you love and no one's buying it And then I had this aha experience when I was invited to address a local, um, the Y Valley Grasslands Association. These are local farmers, like proper sheep farmers who are working dawn till dusk. In all conditions it's re- it's a hard hard work lovely life but yeah, in a way but it's hard great. hard work yeah. and I passed around the ladies creams that we were making just as to show what we were doing mm-hmm. because there were some women in the audience but the men the farmers were putting my creams on their face and hands and afterwards coming up to me and saying look now my hands don't smell like silage which is the smelly stuff they produce here right. on the farm in which anyway I
0: was absolutely thrilled. And they were very... So you saw that there was a demand yeah. uh, for, for, from from these farmers yeah. who, who had rough hands and um, yes. very dry hands. Yes.
1: And that night, and 2012, one night, January, February, I was driving back home, miserable weather, up this single track road. And That's I thought... That's surprising. Yeah, I, I thought to myself farmers hand cream i wonder if anybody in the world has farmers hand cream so you
0: found a niche yeah an unexploited niche in the market yeah 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 but you know, know what actually, this is the what i offered to my uh, to my uh, be, be bed and breakfast lady from hay on white the, the 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 hand cream the hand cream oh well, thank you that was uh, my first poll oh, thank you oh that's yeah. so sweet you see you know, this is so much- she doesn't have a dishwasher, so you know you get some dry, dry yes. hands because of yeah. uh, washing, it's washing the dishes. Very, kind of you. I think and this is, I think, our brand grows
1: because if people will say, "Here's a pot of this hand cream," and then you yeah. hear. It. But I wanted to tell you, yeah. I did not understand the brand. I had the idea, I had the tractor on the top, of, like a, a, a photograph of the tractor on top of a prototype tin, and it was Tyler when asking me casually one day, "How's it going?" He had nothing to do with my business at all. I said, "Well, I've got this idea. It's not going very well, but I've got this idea for farmers' hand cream." He loved the story, and he said, "I think this is, this is going to be great. You can put the other brand aside. Maybe Which it, brand? the f- one that no one was buying. Like, oh, yeah. I had the one that and um, the cosmetic brand said you did with your friend. What was her name? Hel- well, Helen. Helen. Lowe was still making. St- Helen. Helen and I are still in. Are still a team. Yeah. So we just. But but now we had farmers and Tyler. It was Tyler who said, "Look, this is not going to be for farmers. I mean, great if they if they use it, but yeah. this is going to be other people." And for people. I soon, soon learned it was people who really appreciate the countryside, maybe yeah. would like to be in the countryside, mm. or come to the countryside, or the yeah, countryside or faci- or yeah. fetishize that they're country people. Who knows? But they that sounds a bit rude, but they're yeah. people who. Like, but it's the font, it's the feel of the tin. Yeah. It is definitely the product. It's gorgeous.
0: The tin, yes, but it's good. Uh, it's all those things Yeah, as well. Yeah. And
1: my creams before were in glass jars with kind of not very attractive lids were silver and quite nice looking, but a bit sharp. And I uh-huh. and the labels were girly with flowers on them, and it was for women. And I yeah. and farmers is for everybody. I love yeah. that.
0: Yeah, there's a, there's a sort of I agree with you with the packaging. There's a sort of utilities um, side to it with a tin. You know, the very um, minimalistic approach to yeah. your, your design of the logo, which has been stri- uh, streamlined to the mm-hmm. to the basic, which is very clear. The name also, Farmers. Um, so it's utilitarian and, and as yeah. well as very cute. Um, and, um, clear and minimalistic. clear. Exactly. It gives a very clear message. And I agree with you that you're definitely exploiting a brand in the market, in, uh, sorry, a niche in the market, which is, you know, it's sort of, uh, lavender, very rich cream, which yes. is so good for for, for hands. Did you? That
1: is that's Tyler's agency. Went, right. went creative. Right, came up with that design. And I mean, I they they knew what to do with my photograph of the tractor mm-hmm. to turn it into an illustration. And yeah, oh, they,
0: so they, they Added a lot of value to your business. They did it. Yeah. They, yeah. Yeah. yeah everything um, I, I just would like to backtrack a second um uh, on in relation to the um the lavender fields and the idea because did you uh, to conceptualize this before you actually launch yourself into a uh, Planting the fields of lavender. Did you? I I, I did some. I googled uh, some of the biggest of um, uh, the top lavender fields in Europe. And of course, there's Grasse, which is the uh, uh, I think world world capital of perfume. Yeah. Uh, where I actually go from time to time to make my own perfumes. I've got one for for south of France. Where I've got a flat. Where, where, one for London. And the next one I will do it will be for Paris. So every time I select some ingredients. But having said that, though, because I go to Grasse, and it's also a place in the world where um, some members of my family go, so I go there quite during the holidays i saw that there were lots of lavender fields did you and your husband went there to have a look and so did you go there to have a look and later we did later, la- later. We, didn't, we didn't
1: go before we After, went later, later and um we went someplace in provence and not really to the heart of it because we okay. stupidly went to the wrong part of france and had to drive too far <laughs> but i did go and see what they do and it was just i mean there were farmers with millions of plants and we have yeah i don't know Two and a half acres. Yeah, yes, it's, it's, so it was, it's different. But I saw what they did, and I learned from them, and I yeah. was really was really thrilling.
0: Yeah, and and so and also there is another very top. <coughs> there's also uh, uh, one of the top um, lavender fields, uh, uh, which is actually in the UK, and it's uh, it's um, in Bunstead, not far from London. It's called Mayfield. Yeah. lavender, the biggest, right. Yeah, in Europe, I think. That's yes, right. Yes. Did you go to visit
1: that one? No, but I've met them. I met the owner at a trade show last year. Uh-huh. And she was actually interested. So after? In one, after you did oh, yeah, all your yeah, stuff? Oh, yeah, yeah. But no, yes. But I, I had a lot of help from people out there. When I was doing the research, you can imagine, reading, internet, telephone. Sure. And um, Alistair Christie of Jersey Lavender, he's now sold the business, helped me enormously over the phone and via email. And Bill and I went to visit him on Jersey and to okay. thank him. Um, so, yeah.
0: Because it's a totally different climate. Yeah. Growing up some lavender fields in in yeah. where it's fairly, yeah. you know, dry. Uh, especially yeah. uh, say April onwards, and here, where it's yes. much
1: more wet, wet. And cold. Well, and no one had grown it in Wales. I mean, we were the first. Right. We, we, brought, well, we brought the lavender industry to Wales. We can actually say that. We were the first to <laughs> grow it on a field scale, and as a result of our lobbying, my husband's lobbying, the Welsh government recognizes it as an agricultural crop now, and it first did not. So that's something. Yeah, that's and several field. others have planted fields now. Uh, you know, there's a field to the north of here, and there's one to the east of here, and mm-hmm. a couple of others coming up, I
0: think, in South Wales. And you were saying that because the terrain is in uh, um, steep, is steep. That's right. So it means that there's natural drainage. Yeah, um, that helps a lot. Yeah, it doesn't. You know, it's
1: it's it is our. Location's not the right place for this, really, I know that's hilarious, okay because we're doing it, and we're succeeding, but we have lots of losses, some years, some years not too bad. We've had a couple of really bad um springs in the last five years. Where we've lost you know one year, maybe a thousand plants, and okay. you know, so why we're just too wet, even though just we wet. do have drainage, okay too soggy, okay.
0: And, and what happens is they' I try to them, actually grow some lavender yeah, in my, yeah. I mean, like to at least keep them in, in life, you know, some lavender plants that, uh, that I buy uh, in yeah. some nurseries on my balcony in London, but they, I never managed to make them survive really although i really tried to look after them but while the geraniums are totally fine and so yep. sturdy the lavender i buy they never managed i never managed to look after them properly do you know so it's what deviled.
1: variety what variety you're buying oh, you're not buying those things with the fancy little flowers on the sides of the spikes no i don't i don't there's some that kind of look like butterflies
0: and also i i i, I you know i vary just to make sure that i give yeah. some several attempts but yeah. uh, so um don't water them you okay. don't want to
1: water them. Okay. This summer, this past summer, the famous drought of 2018, um, we had 20% more oil per basket than ever before. Wow. F- lavender loves a drought. Okay. So we were the only farmers from miles around who were happy about it. Um, yeah, it was, Well, it was exciting just to see the science in action because I knew or understood from reading that that was the case. And at last, we had that.
0: So what does it mean for you, fantastic, what does it mean for you that it is classified as a, an agricultural crop uh, in Wales, the, 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 the lavender, does it give you some, I don't know, tax uh, you know, Do you know, I
1: don't even know the answer to it. I just okay. know that Bill was all puffed up that we've been recognised. Okay. So it, I, I don't think we get... Um, I, I can't imagine we get some sort of I mean, money benefit, but
0: maybe you've got some discounts or, or you know, tax, uh, tax I could check, but I, I, don't, I don't think so. But well, okay, well, that's, that's maybe, maybe there's some fantastic to, uh, achievement though, to. Uh, I,
1: I see Caps looking around for me. Do you mind if can, can so we pause? Yeah, let me just tell him. I thought I could get away with that. No worries. Hey, Caps! Caps, were you looking for me? Okay. Oh, wait, great. I'm just doing an interview here
0: to well, I don't know if we're nearly done. No, yeah. we are. Wait, question number 10. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. You're lovely to talk with. You're a good listener. Thank you. That's very kind. <laughs> um, Yeah, so uh, thanks. Um, did, 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 did. So you were saying that you have this very productive partnership with your friend Helen Low, low, sorry. Um, How did you convey the news to her that you needed to be more, um, perhaps more uh, unisex in your approach to the product and also um, more sort of utilitarian, even in the the use of product and uh, get out of a sort of, uh, you know, ladies focused cosmetic sort of thing? Even, even yeah. actually your your Cologne, your perfume even your Cologne is unisex, right?
1: Yeah. yeah, we never use the word unisex, by the way. But yes, it's, course, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just yeah. well, just one of those words. No, no, it's just one of those words. <laughs> it just but but everybody's people. I mean, I just love that the brand is just sitting there and it's for anyone. Yeah, yeah. very occasionally, very occasionally, I'll have some maybe some lady say she doesn't want a tractor on her bathroom shelf with her face cream. Well, twice I think in. Seven years. So I think no, I think we've got a an attractive tin jar for most people. Uh, but no Helen is Helen is great. I mean she she just thought the tractor was a great idea. Okay. Um one of She wasn't board. No. And two two of the products that we had okay. in the other brand we've brought right over and just changed the name to farmers. Okay. Which you can do. Which we, are what, the lip balm. The scrub and the lip balm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Scrubs I I've got already such a dry skin, I'm not using scrubs.
1: Scrub's very moisturizing though, you could try it. Oh, okay, well. I mean if you if you um if you ever need to because your hands are really rough dear or this morning I, I used some on my face mm-hmm. and it's not drying, you want to use your face cream afterwards. Uh-huh. But um it's 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 very moisturizing. Okay. And so those the sc- the scents with those two products was completely
0: acceptable to men. I gave it to some boyfriends to try and to give me their opinion. You mean male friends? yeah right yeah and and actually that, that was that was a question do you see a difference in terms of um who buys what do you see for example men buying more uh the uh, the hand cream or i don't see men buying lip balms right yeah
1: all the time tons do of they? lip balm. they buy tons of it men
0: yes like heterosexual men
1: yes yeah well i don't Sorry. usually ask people about their inclination <laughs> um no they, they are we have we're two weeks we, really? you we, yeah. so yeah. yeah. we need to do some proper research because everything I'm telling you is just sort of from my gut and online orders and there's yeah. a lot of guys buy our foot cream.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but the lip balm, when I first was showing that to the buyer for Ace Hotel, he loved the jar. Just love the little jar. And I think it's quite acceptable for men, that little ointment jar. And what do you put in it? Because it seems to be some wax or something? Lavender, lime, honey from our bees. Honey, yes. And there's there's beeswax in there. Uh It's the only product that's not vegan. Our creams are all vegan. Okay. Just by the way.
0: But I love love the the So men buy that. Okay. Okay. Plus the foot uh, cream. Okay. Yeah. And face cream. I've got men buying our face cream.
1: The products are for, for people. They're not overly scented at, at all we don't add the any scent really it's a natural soothing, really. yeah like if yeah. you smell the scrub it's lavender geranium um oh. frankincense a few other things as well but the geranium geranium's kind of a fresh smell mm-hmm. right it's yeah. not a very girly it's a spells like the earth almost to sure. me
0: I actually I added in my uh, perfume which I called swinging London when I made it in this summer um in the South of fronting grass as oh, I wow. was saying yeah. yeah if you go to the uh, uh, perfumery uh, Gallimard, you can actually make your perfumes. I've added a little bit of tomato oh it's
1: how amazing, it, is it interesting Wow, well, I love that
0: yeah um, wow that was, that's because I eat a lot of tomatoes
1: tomato is <laughs> <laughs> tomato my favorite thing Yeah. Well, if, if there was can. one food yeah it would be that Right. and we grow them massively in the summer here. Okay, well, I can.
0: The smell is really, really gorgeous. Gorgeous, and also very different. Yeah, some people like it, some people yeah. don't like
1: it. Earthy and and fruity. It's. So, I know the smell. It's lovely. Yeah. Sometimes you, in you fact, know. when I'm buying tomatoes, I always smell the you know the bag if yeah. it's in winter and there's holes in the bag.
0: Even a bit on a vine. I'd like, like to make sure there's a nice smell in there before I buy them. It is extremely different from anything yeah. else I've been selling, and lots of people tell mm-hmm. "Wow!" So. um Okay. Um, was it, it's, it's a bit of a technical question, but yeah. I'll ask it anyway. Was it difficult to get the cosmetics and the perfume in compliance with the EU cosmetic regulation, which came into force in in July 2013 in terms of rechanging some stuff on the packaging and naming your person who reports to the EU in case yeah. of issues? No, issue?
1: easy. I mean, all the, that's there's an online site you go to okay. to register your product, I put a photograph of it and answer all these questions. Okay. And at first, it looks completely frightening, but it's absolutely easy and quick. You okay. just reminded me; I think we might not have put our face cream on there yet.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but I did. I know, but I learned it's it's a well. Actually, it's it's at your, that point because I think the face cream I never saw before, so it's probably is a new new product. Right? It is the newest
1: product. Ah, there you go. Um, but no, that stuff's easy, you know. The, but there's very good regulations from the EU directives, yeah. so every product we have is. Uh, Challenge tested. They take it and they put bad things into it, like salmonella and all kinds of bacteria. And they see if your preservative can ward off those uh, bugs because they want to make sure that your product, you know, your hand might be dirty, it goes into the pot Mm -hmm. and you put the lid back on. But they want to make sure your product won't um, be affected by that. You can stand up to a bit of abuse. So we pay for those tests and we also have a test called um, Stability. So you you give them your product in 10 tins or, or whatever the jar is, and then they freeze it, thaw it, heat it, leave it in a window, leave the lid off, they keep it for months, and then they come back and tell you your product is stable or not. Right. So we do that. Did you have to make some adjustments to the formulas? We did, when we did our body lotion, we just tweaked it in some small way. Further to receiving the feedback. Yeah, but there was there, not, there was nothing wrong on the, on the challenge, but on the okay. pack, I think maybe... We thought it should just have a little, I can't remember whether it was, it had, we had too much essential oil or not enough or something, but it was some yeah. minor thing. It wasn't absolutely. a worry thing and it was easy just to do it so and do it again. And in fact, the PAC people who do the testing right. didn't, said we didn't even have to, but we did. Okay. Because we just wanted yeah, no, to no, make double, right. double sure. Yeah, absolutely.
0: By the way, yeah, by where the way, are based?
1: who, Sorry. these people? Yeah. We'll do the testing. Oh, they're here in the UK. I think yeah. We don't America. have to send them anywhere. Okay. Sorry, you we use. Uh, I was just going to say, by the way, yeah. we do have a small line of products without lavender. Just wanted to say that okay. because well, we have a
0: products.
1: yeah, well, I love my lavender products too. But we want it. We we have a wonderful relationship with Ace Hotel in Shoreditch, London, oh, yes. right. and we were when we were invited to put our products in their rooms in the bathroom mini bar. Cool. People buy them. Uh, we thought we should have a choice. What if someone says I don't want lavender or Whatever. Some guys still think lavender is for ladies. Most guys know now. Okay. Um, so we made a little uh, line of things we call our perky scented line with eucalyptus and lemongrass, bergamot, rosemary. What is peppermint? He? What does it mean perky? Perky. Up uplift. Upbeat. Okay. 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 Wait right. Right. Wake right. me up. Okay. Okay. Have a sniff.
0: Wake okay. up. Okay. <laughs> okay. It heightened the scent, senses. But is it Only for VA's a brand? Or no.
1: S- no. We sell it too. Sell our body it. lotion. Our salt. Our salt soak has no lavender. Did you think it did?
0: uh the salts no salt so lotion do you need to take your no. hands guy? Okay. no Wait, it's my husband
1: he's put his hat on and he's wandering around outside
0: I'm
1: sorry <laughs> it's fine um salt soak bath uh, lo, lo, never mind S- salt soak body lotion wash are all over wash and our wake balm are all lavender free what do you mean
0: all over wash all oh, over yeah that thing in the pump yeah what our wash you've seen it in it yeah, I need to change this one. Out during the Monaco Christmas Fair, uh, you, you're going to be there. We'll Be there next week. Yeah, oh, that's great. Oh, gosh. Yeah. That's will you be there? Will you
1: come by? I'll,
0: I'll try. Yeah, I think I've got a a, a, a German girlfriend coming to town. It would be, be nice in. to take her because it's a bit of a an outing. I've tried last year, but uh, she she wasn't. She had an agenda. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, this is my last question, really. In terms of how do you see the future of a brand evolving? Do you want to grow it overseas? Do you want to strike more partnerships to have more brand recognition? Because it seems to me you've got a very solid product, a very well-defined brand now, and um, and also, um, uh, you know, line of products. So if you can share those news with us, what would be for you your ideal next steps in terms mm-hmm. of the next two or three years?
1: Over the past year, we have begun to try very hard to look at our figures and find out We've learned a bit about forecasting and able to look and see, oh, we're better than we thought we were two months later in such a, you, know, you know, forecasting because you're yeah. a lawyer, you know about these sorts of things. So we're trying to be more methodical and to see where our weaknesses are and our strengths are. Wow. And we are, uh, tr- we're trying to do that thing that I think all businesses must be striving to do, which is have more money. To always, you know, instead of all the money in and all the money out, mm-hmm. you know, we spend a fortune right. to yeah. make creams and then we sell them and make a fortune. Spend a fortune, so we're we're looking to so increase farmers. our profit so that we okay. have more flexibility. I mean, I've showed you we're building that thing out there for people to stay in. We're building two visitor toilets as well, washrooms, okay. okay. Which you know, we people come here, they flock here in the summer, of and they're queuing outside my husband's study for the loo. So we, you know, we need we need we need to. We fix
0: do. that so n- next summer we'll have that yeah. we'll have a guest i don't guest. i'm not sure i would want to share my lose with uh, with some of strangers but well uh, it's
1: okay and there's one downstairs that is our own private one so it's, it's okay but we're um but it's just things like i think that's what we're trying to do and i there there is another product i want to develop but i want i we want to watch closely how we're growing where we're growing where is our weakness? Where is it our strength? It might
0: make sense to go to some trade shows as well. To, we know, we to did
1: our first last year and we're right. going again. Whereabouts? Uh, top drawer at Olympia. We'll be there in January. Okay. Right. And, we and the one in
0: Paris as well. Oh, these we'd love are to go there. Because all the buyers are Maison coming. Maison Objet? Yes. That's, you've got Maison et Objet, but you also have, the, um, in particular, there is a fashion slash cosmetic trade show called Tranoi, which is in Paris, huh. where most of the buyers from all over the world yeah. come yeah. and um, and usually they don't really do business with French brands they actually buy from brands which are here and they are from yeah. all over the world and yeah you've got the big you know buyers from uh, Maison la, uh, uh, sorry oh, Lafayette, yeah. yeah. uh, from, yeah. uh, from uh, uh, Harvey Nichols um, uh, Prêt à Porte Net à Porte sorry etc. coming so uh, Paris is really the, um, the um, uh, centre for this the centre for, for, for international buying for cosmetics i think and uh, and also uh, fashion mm-hmm. so uh, olympia let me like the, for example i've got some contacts or clients who are from the us uh, from new york and they will never do a show in, in olympia uh, like pure or, or the one you just mentioned they but they will always do Correct. every three four months they will do always the paris ones mm-hmm. okay
1: so i i think that you're right we need to go there top door was our first we spent a fortune to go there yeah but we got it all back very quickly oh, good. in lots of shops. Okay, and Paris is probably three or four times as expensive. I see. So we just built. I think it's time to really
0: get that on my, our radar for next year so you're looking at developing the wholesale aspect of the yeah, business f- Yeah. F- I f- think where the money is to yeah. be fairly honest yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that and also as you were saying partnerships with hotels and
1: yeah I mean we, would, we, love, Ace. we love Ace we love Ace and we'd like to maybe squeak into another Ace we'll wait and see yeah
0: we'd like that okay so you've got yeah because then you would get your retail business but you get also other um, uh, basically uh, avenues to make money yeah. uh, revenue, revenue yeah. streams yeah. coming from the wholesale the uh, partnerships with hotels and other brands that sounds really exciting thank you good good okay well I'll take more of your time and you're a very busy lady thank you so much Nancy thank you it's my pleasure thank you thank you you for listening to our podcast Lawfully Creative produced by Crefovi Studios subscribe to our podcast or catch up with our original shows on iTunes Spotify Stitcher YouTube Google Podcasts SoundCloud CastBox TuneIn Breaker, Radio Public, Encore, Pocket Casts, The ABA Journal, Player FM, iHeartRadio and Overcast. Please do leave a 5 stars review and rating about our podcast to encourage others to discover our curated content.